This podcast is brought to you by Equus Grooming Products. They're the finest quality available human-grade cosmetic ingredients, not industrial-grade, and they're backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. I love these products. I use them all the time. Welcome to another episode of Doc Halligan Unleashed with Joey Villani. Joey Villani, how's it going in New Jersey? It's hot. It's real hot right now, so um, and muggy. But um, it's you know what things are good. I I can't complain too much. How about you? You guys, you guys got heartworms out there. You have fleas. You have ticks. What do you have out there? All the above. You know, we have mosquitoes. We have the heartworms. Um, we have even though you don't see fleas as much as you did because of all the preventive, but they're still here. And ticks. It's funny you should say that because I was just walking out um, because we have a lot of pine barrens in Jersey. Believe it or not, everybody, everybody thinks they. New Jersey, like the beginning of the Sopranos, and it's not like that. You really got to look at New Jersey, the garden state. We do have a lot of country um, side, and the Pine Barrens are full of ticks. So anyway, I was um, hiking um, in the Pine Barrens, and um, when I went to change, to, to go into the shower, I had on my thigh, I'm like, what is that? And it's a tick in the <gasps> bed, you know. You had a tick on your thigh? yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never had a tick on me. Oh, I've had. Ooh. Listen, I've had one. I don't know how I'm going to tell this story, but when I was a kid, and the same thing, my cousin lived right in the Pine Valley. It was serene. We used to go swimming and all. And I took my bathing suit on. And in my manhood, <laughs> there he was. And I was 12 at the time. So now he was stuck in there. And I'm saying to myself, well, what do you do? Because at that point, I mean, at least I knew grooming back then. So I knew how to, how to remove it because the last thing I was going to do was tell somebody, you know, and um, I had, I, I removed it. And, um, but it, it, it scarred, it stayed in my memory for a long time. It scarred my mind a little bit because I still think about that. Well, you know, that's so funny. You said that because that's, the skin is really thin there. And, and so like with dogs too, you know, where they go is under the armpits, in between the toes, in the ears, in those areas where the skin is really thin because their meal of choice is blood. blood. But you know that dogs can die from ticks? I have seen dogs die from tick bites. A big part of the problem is, is sometimes people want to remove ticks with um, all kinds of, you know, pesticides, insecticides, you know, stuff that actually is designed for pets, but it's still... I tell people it's still not the safest way possible. You know, remove them, remove them by hand, then pull them out. If you can't do it at home, bring them to us, and or, or you, we'll take them out and make sure we get them out right. Where you don't leave the head and under the skin cause an infection. Yes, I did the doctor's TV show showing people how to take a tick out, put gloves on, put the tweezers or your fingers as close to where the head is embedded in the skin. That's the only thing under the skin. And then pull up. That's it. We had a lady who had sprayed her dog with Frontline that has alcohol. Then she lit a match to put it on the tick and the dog caught on fire. Oh boy, that's I mean, horrible. The story, smother it with Vaseline, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, if your pet has a tick and you don't know how to do it, take it to your vet. Because also the Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain fever, yes. erlichiosis, there's all these horrible diseases. But the good news is that the tick 
has to stay on for 48 to 72 hours to transmit the disease, Joey. So if you remove that tick before 24, 72 hours, it's not going to be able to infect your pet or you. So the sooner you find it, you want to take it off. Well, the, the best preventative is, you know, going through the coat. Now, that's not as easy as, as, as said sometimes, because sometimes dogs have long coats or thick coats. And, but if you go through, and, 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 and if you can go through with a brush and a comb and, 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 and look it over, I mean, that's the best way. I mean, check your pet out. If you're out and you're active and especially, listen, ticks pretty much are nationwide. I don't know too many states that don't have ticks. I mean, how about you guys in California? Do you have ticks? Yeah, no, I, oh gosh, yes. We get ticks in California all the time. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I mean, preventative is a great deal. The only thing I don't like about a preventative is this. When you put like a, like a topical on, um, like a frontline type, they don't want to, host on the dog so and, and ticks aren't like fleas they don't move quick so once they get on the dog then they search for a new host and you know who that host usually is the one that doesn't have the front lines me is me so that's the only thing i don't like that's why i like looking through the coat and seeing you know finding what you what, what you want and don't squish them usually i'll put them in a jar with a little alcohol and drown them that way uh get rid of it that way but you're right like the prevention is people don't realize that all the ticks mosquitoes that do deadly heartworm fleas there's so many good preventatives you've been in the business 40 years you remember the mitoban dips and that remember that this is stinky we used to have to dip gasoline it was horrible and you and the poor dog i remember cats were dying because people were dipping cats with the dog dips so we've come a long way it's funny you should say that because 25 maybe longer than that i actually did a um, interview because there were so many pets that were dying or getting neurological um, problems from the dips and mainly because not because well, listen, the dips were toxic, but the people weren't diluting them properly. So if, you, if it was a 31 dilution, you know, the, the average person who's non, or non-professional would, 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 you know, okay, eyeball it. And then you'd be using maybe three to 400 times more chemicals on your pet. And these pets would actually go into convulsions and have neurological or actually die. And, and it was sad, I mean, because of parasites. Parasites are, are very serious, um, whether it be the parasite itself or the preventative, it has to be done correctly. And did you know that those uh, parasites are zoonotic too? When we talk about parasites, we're also talking about worms, all right? So we have, you know, um, like tapeworms, are, are zoonotic, which is a disease that is naturally transmissible from pets to people. You usually see it in children because they put their hands in their mouth and they have the tapeworm egg in their hand and, their, and then they put it in their mouth and they get these tapeworm eggs in their eyes. Um, oh. These tapeworm eggs go, we're not the right host, so they go wild. So especially if you have children and pets, you have to do preventative and they've got it all lumped now so you don't have to put your pet on like 10 different things but you know in areas there's states in in the united states where the kids are getting this visceral larval migraines 
um, from the tapeworm eggs. And all dogs and cats are born with worms. So you have to get them dewormed and not just once, like two or three times. And then they get tapeworms from what's the only way a dog or cat can get a tapeworm, Joey? What's, what's the, what carries the tapeworm? What's the intermediate host? For, for, for a tapeworm? Tape um, I, I, I yes. think flies, but I could be wrong there. No. Fleas. Oh, okay. Yes, because they carry a tapeworm inside them. Correct. Not all, not all fleas, but that, that, that's the only way your pet will get the tapeworm is by ingesting a flea that has a tapeworm egg in it and then it hatches out. So that's another reason why you've got to do the preventative, okay? Because unlike the roundworms that your puppy and kitten are born with, we can eradicate those with medicine, but they go on and get other parasites throughout their life by eating grass, ingesting a flea, licking, you know, they lick each other's butts, right? And there you go. They got a little tapeworm egg. And so the, the, you know, people don't want to think about it, but you've got to be smart. Do you know the center for disease control recommends you deworm your pet like six times a year because they see people with the zoonotic disease. I recommend at least deworming once a year, Joey. Now, why do I say that over doing a fecal test? Let me just ask you, is a fecal test 100% reliable? Um, I would, well, the way you're asking me, I would say no, but I would have said yes. It's not because you're only using a teeny tiny little piece of stool. What if I gave you, you know, what if I gave you the whole, the whole, um, well, but we're only submitting a gram. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys come in with a bucket yeah. when we ask for a stool sample and here we go. And you're like, we need a gram. The whole okay? pant load. We need like a gram. And I mean, I'm going to pick a gram, but a lot of times it, it's not accurate. It's good for Giardia and things like that, but it's not always accurate on parasites. So at least once a year, go to your vet, get a broad spectrum dewormer. It won't hurt them if they don't have it, but it's really important to do that deworming once a year because most of the time, who's looking in their pet's well, feces? Hold on. Are you? No, um, it, to be honest with you, I hate to say it. I, <laughs> oh, I, no. no. Oh, and no. I, I, Listen, I'm not going through it. <laughs> But I do look to see how my dog's stool is loose, if it's solid, slimy. if it's slimy. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'm one of those idiots that do do that um, because, you know, especially being in the grooming salon, I've seen a lot. I've, you're able to tell a lot from stool. Let's, let's, let's be honest and not even have to be a professional to know that, you know, there might be a problem here. But I want to backtrack here a little bit. So we're talking about uh, worms, but. You're not talking about heartworms as well right now, right? Now we're just talking about digestive-like um, like, like type worms. I'm so glad you asked. No, heartworm. Now, we know for tapeworm, the intermediate host is a flea. For heartworm, the intermediate host mosquito. is a mosquito. The only way your pet can get a heartworm is if a mosquito bites your dog or cat and injects a heartworm into the bloodstream. Okay, but if your pet has preventative and the mosquito bites it, it won't get the heartworm. But so that's the intermediate host is the mosquito for heartworm. If you really think, I mean, how serious parasites are. If you just look at history, and I'm getting out of dogs here, but this is I'm just just want to explain how dangerous they are. 
mosquitoes have spread hundreds of diseases. Fleas. I just seen a thing in World War II where they actually um, the um, Japanese dropped a, a bomb of fleas on a city in China in World War II. The fleas were were, were given bubonic plague, and it actually spread the plague. So you think about you know I mean on on your pet on you in your house. I mean it's 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 a problem. Parasites are a problem. They are a problem, but the good news is we have so many great preventatives. So there's no, uh, there's no way that you can sit here and tell me, oh, I can't, you know, no, doctor, because there is the preventative. Now, there is also the difference between killing them and a repellent because Equus makes a repellent, which is different than if your pet's taking a pill for it and in fact you can use the two together joey right uh, listen i've uh, you can and i've used the equus um flea shampoo flea and tick gum shampoo it works great it's really safe um um and um is is a great is a great killing agent and um you know matter of fact wait if people actually want to buy it they get a discount they say your name right doc h what wait, 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 wait where do they go what's the website let's let's hold on Let's spell it out for people. It's EQYSS.com. Equus.com. And they get a 15% discount if they put DocH at checkout. So, um, wow, that's great. Yeah, their products are great. They're human grade. They have the repellent. It'll work even if you're giving your dog the pill, the Equus products. But here's one thing that people, I see this all the time, Joey. The pet comes in and they have fleas. And I say, are you using a pill, oral, or a topical? And they say, topical. And I say, are you washing in between applications? Yes. And they go, well, that's why it's not working. You're washing it off. Because they, exactly, they market that it will last. It doesn't last. So if you're going to wash your dog in between applications, you have to use NexGuard. There's Comfortis. All right. Now you can get into these big daddy pills like Brevecto and Trifexis, which have a lot of chemicals in. And so if you're in an area where, you know, you have a, a pretty high likelihood of your pet getting numerous problems, then you should go to those. But I like to go more uh, safer or less chemical if you're in areas that don't need it. So your vet is the first line of defense to tell you what you need to do. But here's the thing, Joey, let me ask you this so the viewers understand. So the pills are supposed to be given once a month. Okay, so how, let's say I gave it January 1st and then I just gave it February 4th. How does that work? I'm not quite sure I understand that question. So if you gave it January 1st, then you give it again February 4th. Correct. So were there t was there a time where my pet had no protection? Well, yeah. I mean, technically, if it's a month, yeah, it's a few days. Hello? So that's what I'm trying to say. It's a bell curve. or, or you know, uh, So you give it, and then boom, it shoots up. And then as you're getting closer to the 30, day 31, how much protection does your pet have? Probably next to nothing. None. None. And that's the other thing. 
they'll be like, yeah, I'm giving it, but they're not, you got to do it every 28. Just be smart about it. Okay. And you have to mark it on the calendar because there's no residual. It's not like magically going to morph until you give your dog the pill. It doesn't work like that. You know, I'll tell you another thing that's funny because in, in, in most grooming salons, um, you know, we'll try to sell the preventative, but, but, it's hard in the grooming salon because mainly veterinarians have to have to sell the preventative. But what we can do is we can do the shampoo and get it off your pet. The problem is I get people that call them back and say, my dog still has fleas. Now, is there a chance your pet can still have fleas? Yes. Number one, if it's not administered right, you need to start with the head and work back. The fleas will run up the nose, they'll run in the ears. They know that their mortality is now coming to an end. So I need to forget, um, get covered here. They're smart. So if you start with the head and work back, you usually are able to trap them at all, and you got to make sure the product was, was freshly made and done right anyway. If it's done right, usually I can kill all the fleas on the pet. But here's the problem. They go home in an environment where the fleas were, which is the bedding. People forget about the car. Well, the pet came in the car. A lot of times now there's fleas in the car, so you have to take care of your surrounding area as well. And then you got to wait a little bit of time afterwards before you can use a topical on a freshly bathed and washed pet because now it absorbs into the skin and coat quicker than it should. So you need to wait a little bit. So if you, if you take all the precautions, take care of your home, take care of your car, take care of your lawn because people forget squirrels, birds, deer, they all fleas. They deal with it well. They're not domesticated, but they're dropping it all over your yard. Well, here's something, another tidbit. The life cycle of a flea, Joey, is the same as a butterfly. So it's adult, turns into an egg, turns into a larvae, turns into yep. pupae. Okay. What percent of a flea population is in the adult form. I'm going to I'm going to take you to dinner when you come out here if you get this right. Wait. Okay? You can pick any place what you want. What percentage? What percentage in the life cycle of a flea? So you've got yeah. adult Pupa, egg larvae yeah, yeah. pupae, okay? What percentage is actually in the adult form? I'm going to say less than 20%. Well, but give me a number. 10%. It is. It is. You were close. Uh, 5%. I'll still take you out to dinner because you were really close. Only 5%, guys. So what does that mean? The other 95% are in egg larvae and pupae. And guess what? Nothing kills pupae. It'll be the end of the world and there'll be pupae everywhere hatching. Because you, you see what I'm trying to say? So people don't realize... The majority, if you're seeing a lot of a, adults hopping around, they have got egg larvae everywhere because you don't see it. And that you're absolutely right. Your dog goes to the groomer, and now he's nice and clean for all the fleas. <laughs> for, you basically just made them really clean. And then they call you and they get all mad <laughs> because they don't understand the life cycle. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, and there's great sprays. VetChem makes a premise spray. I saw about four months ago a flea on Ricky, who's white, and I, you know me. I'm like, oh. So I took him to the clinic, and I bombed. I took two bombs, set that off, and that was it. No more fleas. The other thing I wanted to mention for cats, 
Bayer, B-A-Y-E-R, makes a collar called Soresto. Soresto, Soresto, Soresto. Uh, yeah, you know you've seen the marketing. Okay, they also, it's also for dogs, but I can vouch for the cat, okay? It lasts eight months, they say. Um, I change it every six months, but that's something that if you don't want to do the topical because you're lazy and you aren't going to remember, you slap that breakaway collar on and it works for cats. Uh, and dogs, how safe? I don't know. Because I'm always, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm skeptical on how safe some of these products are because to me, and this is just my, my, my feeling because, you know, I've done the research that shows that they're supposed to be safe. But I'm looking at this, I'm putting a pesticide on my pet and I'm keeping it there for eight months that's getting rid of these parasites. How safe and non-toxic is it for my pet? It's a great question. And I can tell you some products are a lot safer than others. So the Equus products, never going to have a problem, okay? Because, I mean, they're just safe, okay? Uh, you have these topicals that just go in the gland of the hair, the sebaceous gland, right? That's in the hair follicle there. So that's how they work. When you put it on, it spreads. It's not going systemically, which is in the body. Most of those, most of the topicals, I think revolution does go systemically, but, uh, uh so, um, it's like a wick. and advantage. Like a wick. Yes. It's just like a wick. And also the bear Soresto collar, same thing. It releases a substance that's just in the hair. It's not inside your dog. So it's super safe. Now the oral pill, like the next guard that does fleas and ticks, that is systemically, but, and they, and it's so safe. The only side effect would be vomiting. It's not going to kill your dog. Okay. They're not going to die from the next guard. Comfortus doesn't get ticks, but it is safe for fleas. Although a lot of dogs vomit from that. Now, when you start getting into the trifexis and the brevecto, those dogs can have like more serious side effects, Joey, because they have a lot more ingredients because they also prevent against, you know, uh, tapeworm, whipworm, heartworm, you know, so the big daddy ones have more side effects, but you know, talking to your vet about it, is always your best place, you know, because if you don't have, if your cats don't go outside, you know, you need to do something, but you don't have to have like the big daddy one because, you the, know, it just depends on your pet's lifestyle, where you live and their, and the pet. Do you know, in a pinch, if you're in a pinch, it's an emergency, and I say emergency situation because this isn't something that I, that I recommend people doing, but do you know what you can use in a pinch that works pretty unbelievable? What? Fish soap. Degrease them. See, fleas are, as you know, exoskeletons. So they wear their skeleton on the outside. So it's like the Tin Man. So when you dry them out, Earl me, you know, they need that oil can to move his elbows and all. Yeah. It dries them out and kills them. Now, I'm going to tell everyone this because I, 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 every time I say this, I always get people to say, well, they use it on oil stove. This soap is not safe to use on your pets. I don't care. In an oil spill situation, that is extreme, yes. But if I have nothing else and my pet is loaded with fleas and ticks and I can't get to someone, yes, you can use it. Let it sit on for a couple of minutes, rinse it off completely. But it's not something I want to do routinely because it's really not all that safe. It's not good for the skin and coat. But in a pinch, yeah, it'll work. And then also, uh, diatomaceous earth, 
you know, you hear that, you can spread that on there. You know, see, the problem is it's not a great, uh, it's, it's, it's not a hundred percent either. And so, you know, you have higher quality sprays, but the vacuuming, you know, the fleas can jump yeah, out of the vacuum. Can. So yes, they can. So when you use like a premise spray that you get through your vet or your vet, right, you know, that will actually kill the eggs and the larvae so that they don't hatch and then jump out. There's also one product I forgot to tell you that as I, you know, cause I'm a shelter vet, I used to deal with, you know, you know, flea infested, tick infested, Capstar. It's not Comfortis. It's called Capstar. You can buy it at Walmart. It's over the counter. It is very, very safe and it will kill every flea on your pet, cat or dog in, in 12 hours. And I mean, you, know, it, you put the dogs on these white towels and you see them jump and ship. And it is the most grotesque thing. But let me tell you, that really I want to tell everyone this, and I think this is very important. You need to do your research. I mean, because we can't sit there and say, you know, what we feel is safe and what we feel is not safe because I don't know how well that'll come back to us. But do your research because there are products out there that is very well documented where there has been problems, okay? And if you start reading um, where, where you see multiple or multiple problems using a certain type of preventative, don't use it. If you want to be safe, don't use Use something else because there's a lot of things out there that are great. I mean, there's people that say, you know, certain pills have killed their dogs. And so, you know, you got to ask your vet, right? Your vet's not going to tell you something that's going to kill your dog or cat, right? There's a company out there, and I'm not going to use their name, but they're a very big household name, has had hundreds of problems with a topical where pets have had horrific, horrific um, results afterwards. Or, or I'm not even, it's not even a result, but they have had problems afterwards and sometimes long-lasting problems because, you know, it's, it was very cheap very ready, you know, ready to use. You can buy it in any type of supermarket type of thing. Do your research. Just do your research. Be safe. Yeah, no, there. you're right. The stuff that you're buying at the grocery store sometimes is not effective. Sometimes, right? You're spending that money and they, they make it look like something that is effective. Um, and then there are products that are effective. So I think talk to your groomer, talk to your vet, talk to other dog or cat owners uh to find out what they you know what other people in your area now it's used. funny there's, there's a parasite that we really haven't talked about we don't see it that much but every now and then i see it and it's actually my most favorite parasite to work with believe it or not is lice because they don't move too quick they don't jump around you see them on a the pet you get rid of them usually you're done with it but yeah they have um i mean a lot of people don't realize that um that dogs and cats can get lice Yes. Oh, absolutely. And we do have puppies coming in to me all the time with lice, which what, why do you, what, what enables an animal to get lice? Do you think, why is that puppy uh, or kitten getting lice? I'm almost going to say it's, 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 it's from the pet owner, from the kids. That's a red flag if you're getting a pet and don't get your puppy from Craigslist. What? I can't even tell you. All these puppies they're getting from Craigslist are sick, messed up, lice, parvo, you distemper. 
I mean, you know, you don't get a puppy from online or from the, you know, that type of, it's not the best way to get a dog. You got to go to a rescue group, go to the shelter, go to a breeder, but you don't want to go online. They got these puppy mills, online puppy mills, puppy yeah. haven, puppy this, get any kind of puppy you want. You know, and you're like, and and they're spending thousands of dollars and it's so tragic because they're going to have a pet with all these problems for life. And, and, and it's just heartbreaking because puppies are always cute, right? Babies aren't always cute, right? But, but you know what I mean? Like puppies are always cute, no matter what they are, right? And kittens. Yeah, they really are. That? So they are. That's why people sell them because they know it's an emotional bond. So I want to give some groomer takeaways here because as we were talking about this, I was I was thinking of this. So if if I if, if you really want to examine your pet, brush and comb. If you can go through, that's why I say keep your coat um, tangle free and not so much undercoat. Um, so you can able to you're able to comb through it, and you'll see fleas and you'll see ticks. But a really good way to see if your pet has fleas is put your pet on a white towel and just run your hands through the coat and if you see something that looks like black pepper it's called flea dirt you can usually find it at the base of the tail in the warm you know moist um, type areas you know usually around the private areas and if it looks like black pepper that's what the fleas leave behind it's called flea dirt it's it's dried blood is really what it is um but if you see that you um you probably have um fleas on your bed as far as ticks they don't move quick and you'll see them, you know, with their head poked in the skin, with their legs sticking out. Okay, so I have a question here from Michael from Fire Island and his cat. Um, he has a fat cat. And um, he, so he just purchased one of those, you know, those feeders that time out and all. He wants to know if that's a good thing and what else can he do to get his... Um, Fat cat, um, nice and trim and, in, in, you know, fighting, fighting shape again. Well, believe it or not, Joey, about 40 to 50% of all cats coming into the clinic are fat and about 20% are obese and they're like 23 pounds. They should be 12. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Do you think you'd ever see a fat cat in the wild? No, you wouldn't. And that's part of the problem is, this, you know, they're not moving around like they normally would. You know, they're laying on the couch and getting fed and getting fat. And they're hunting their food bowl. What would motivate a cat which sleeps a good portion of their day, like 60% of the time they sleep, then, they, then they're also grooming? What would really motivate them to go eat? Being hungry. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. How many cats do you think are actually getting hungry in the United States? Probably not many. Probably probably 70. I mean, um, probably um, the other way around. Probably 30% of all cats. The biggest mistake pet owners make is leaving food out. Key is you have to measure the amount of food that they're getting. And most pet owners don't know how much their pets are eating, especially cats. They leave the food out. Um, Canned food, which is more fattening, canned or dry food? Dry. Exactly. And most pet owners, they don't get that. So when I want a chubby kitty to lose weight, what do I do? I take away the dry. No more dry. 
And I well, it's kind. Of, I guess it's like carbohydrates for us. We eat a lot of carbohydrates. We put weight on. We eat more protein based. Um, you know, we we end up we end up dropping the weight. Now, I'm not saying one is more healthy than the other because I don't know that personally. You would, but um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. It's like eating cereal. Absolutely. And cats, when we know are obligate carnivores, which means they have a higher protein requirement. They don't do well with the carbohydrates. They get insulin resistance. They get diabetes. These fat cats, Joey, get diabetic from being overweight, which is a very unnatural state. Now, how about the crystals? Does that also is that also a a form of eating um, um dry food in a lot of cases? Yes, the too much magnesium and phosphorus minerals in the dry food can make them block. Although, you know, it can happen in the canned food, but it's not as common. Mm -hmm. uh, the cats that block are the male cats that have uh, tiny little urethras and they're eating the bad diet. But so back, but back to the obesity question, how do you, you know, keep your cat from becoming obese? How many pet owners exercise their cats? None that I know of. Nope. And guess what? They need two 15-minute jaunts a day like i take my cats and i make them run so hard they're they're sometimes panting with the play toys you got to buy toys you got to stimulate the play you get if they'll follow you run up and down the stairs because they don't have any exercise and in the wild they get hungry and they're like ah i gotta go eat so then they gotta hunt something they'll eat just enough to make them full and then they'll groom themselves and then go sleep well, if I'm so, running up and down the stairs, I'd be sleeping too. <laughs> it's a good thing we're answering this type of question, Joey, because it's so sad. So let, let me ask you this. Are there, what should we be looking at in their food? Is there anything more that we should be looking at in their food that we, that we should be, that should be in the food and sh or should not be in the food? Yes. You have to be careful of the high protein diets that they're making for cats that are like a marketing ploy. So Anything close to 40% protein is too high for a cat. And then they're getting kidney disease and they can also get fat from that as well. So talk to your vet, get some diet recommendations from your vet. You know, they make a cat food called Fat Cat. It's literally named Fat Dog and Fat Cat. It's by Natural Balance. Um, I'd say there's an overweight management Purina makes with, for veterinarians. Uh, called OM, and I will put kitties on that. Uh, if they're obese, you have to make sure that their blood is okay. They don't have any underlying problems. Um, and you can get a cat to lose weight. I've had people bring their cats to be euthanized because they're so disgusting, scooting their anal glands all over the carpet and stink and everything. And they just had a baby and they want their cat euthanized. Wow. And I don't euthanize them. I'm like, no, you you made your cat grossly overweight. Now you need to make it lose the weight. You can't just go turn it in now because you abused it, really. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. The thing is that some cats, Joey, have eating disorders because cats have multiple kittens. Do you know that a cat can be mated by more than one male? So it can have two, three, four fathers. So then you got like 17 kittens. They're all vying for a nipple. Some of the, you know, they're not all going to get a nipple. 
So getting some milk for mom. So then they get these eating disorders. They actually have a problem and they will eat till excess. They will not self-regulate. Never leave food out for your cat unless instructed by your vet. And take obesity serious. It's a bad diagnosis. It's going to shorten your cat's lifespan. The other thing I want to talk about, which is unique to cats, is called fatty liver syndrome. First time I saw this as a vet, it was just tragic. When a cat gets overweight like that and they have that extra fat just sitting there and they stop eating for whatever reason, they don't, they go without food for a day or two, they will actually start metabolizing the fat stores, dump it into their liver and die of liver failure. Can't let your cat get fat because it's at a risk of heart disease, fatty liver, diabetes, um, that uncleanliness. Please don't let your cat get fat. Measure the food. Talk to your vet and let them get hungry. And then they'll eat whatever you put down. And it's not that hard to keep your cat from getting fat. Now Doc Halligan's Medical Minute. Plants add beauty to your home and garden, but many can be deadly enemies to your cat or dog. As a general rule, if they're safe for us, they're safe for your pet. Some of the most toxic plants are lilies, azaleas, oleander, sago palm, and castor bean. Now, some plants that are non-toxic to humans can also cause serious problems in cats and dogs. Those include onion, garlic, avocado, lily, heavenly bamboo, and philodendron. So, don't bring toxic plants into your pet's environment. You need to make sure you look up the Latin name and the common name before bringing them in. And if you do see your pet ingesting a plant, call your vet right away. You're going to save money and you might even save your pet's life by knowing which plants are toxic. That's my Medical Minute today and I know it's going to help you and your pet. Wow, well, we had a great show today. We really covered a lot of the creepy yes, crawlies. And, um, you know, we need questions. So we are on topic with you guys. We want to be able to answer your questions. Um, Doc and Joey Unleashed at gmail.com. Doc and Joey Unleashed at gmail.com. We are on uh, Spotify. We're everywhere. Uh, Doc Halligan Unleashed with Joey Villani. We're having celebrity guests um, we want you to tell all your friends because um, this is free pretty amazing advice because we're doing this to give back we've been in the business forever we saw a need because there's a lot of misinformation so joey and i decided to do this podcast so we could uh, help make pets lives easier you know it's funny because this information that we're giving out for free today um was stuff that i um, taught my school that people paid a lot of money to find out. So this is this is great for the pet owner. Yep. Yeah. It, no, it really is, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. Bye. bye.